0: 92nd Street Y online media is made possible by the generous support of listeners like you. This program, Bringing Hospitality Home, features a panel of art and design experts with Adam Tahani, Alexandra Champalamo, Jeffrey Beers, Sky Ocasio, and Dan Rubinstein. It was recorded on February 4th, 2017 before a live audience at New York's 92nd Street Y. Hello, everybody. Good afternoon. my name is Dan Rumacine. I'm the home and design editor of Departures magazine, and we are actually uh, tied on time, so I'm just going to jump right into introducing our amazing panel. Uh, we have three amazing interior design icons and four incredible luxury professionals. Um, first up uh, is Jeffrey Beers. Um, our legend number one) uh, who after studying as a Fulbright Scholar in his early days and working with the likes of Oscar Niemeyer, Ian Pei, and Del Chihuly now has a firm of over 30 people working on a wide array of projects, including uh embry Hotel you probably have ever heard of. By the, when you add them all up, it's, it is literally every brand you've ever heard of. Uh, but also um, a specialty in nightclubs as well, which I also would love to talk about a little bit. Um, brands including Hilton, Wyndham, Waldorf Astoria, Ritz-Carlton, Intercontinental, Jumeirah and many, many, many more. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, number two is the lovely uh, lady of the panel, Alexandra Champaulamode, Alexandra. <laughs> <laughs> Who also is waiting, uh, wait, I hope you don't mind me saying, but also waiting a, a, possibly a lovely birth announcement. No,
1: it's guaranteed, a little boy's on its way, like. and it's really exciting to She's,
2: she's on a schedule. <laughs>
1: yes.
0: Yes. She is our design icon number two and is a, has a massive list of ultra luxury properties under her belt, including the Four Seasons Jakarta, the Algonquin, the Wald of Astoria, Suites at the Carlisle, the Bel Air, the Bel Air in LA, and many, many more. Um, she's also uh, a fantastic expert of all things spa related, which I'm also uh, excited to ask her some questions about. And uh, number three is the amazing Adam Tahani. Adam, come on down. (laughs) Legend number three today, and has worked on hotels including the Mandarin Oriental in Las Vegas, the Belmont Hotel Cipriani in Venice, the Four Seasons Dubai International Financial Center, uh, and has also worked with every chef you've probably ever heard of, Daniel Boulud, Thomas Keller, Wolfgang Puck, Jean Georges, La 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 la. And is also working on uh, cruise ships, which you also recently covered in departures uh, for Holland America and others. And I think Holland America starts next year, yes? Yes. Yes. And last but not least is someone who adds a completely uh, very exciting dimension to the panel, uh, Sky Ocasio. Sky, come on in. This guy, uh, while is not, the, not a designer per se, he works if, as the VP of operations for Luxury Attaché, which is a company that basically does everything else in terms of the luxury element to uh, any kind of project, um, residential, corporate, commercial, things like turnkey move-in operations for new buildings, uh, corporate gifting, event planning, uh, f- getting VIPs, reservations for, uh, during the Super Bowl, Uh, everything uh, for clients such as Google, LVMH, UBS, and uh, many more. So, uh, if everyone could please welcome all of our guests here today. (laughs) So, let's start a little bit with the basics. Um, Amongst all of the disciplines of design from uh, landscape design, industrial design, why is hospitality design to you, to this panel, important? What makes What is the one thing that makes hospitality design which is such a hot topic today in design there's such growth why why is hospitality important ladies first (laughs) darling
1: of course ladies first um we we, hospitality touches all of our lives it is a, a way of living it's about the things that make us happy the things that transform our everyday life and our existence. And I mean, you you think that a hotel embodies pretty much every version of what we can do in our everyday lives in terms of just being somewhere, socializing, um, really um, having an amazing experience Um, of of different from what we actually experience in our own homes on every day it's a it's a social center and uh, an an incredible place where we all seek to be and enjoy every single day so they're extremely important um, institutions hotels and um, we, um, we then dress them up and make them beautiful and exciting and and enjoyable and transformative and all of those things, but they start out as being a magnet for social activity for, for all of us.
0: Jeffrey?
2: I, I would have to completely agree with that. You took the words out of my mouth completely. See, I but go first. I, I know you do. And <laughs> we were saying earlier that we're the three of us, maybe four of us, are gonna all say the sort of the same thing, so why don't we just make this a really fun time and say different things. But Hospitality clearly is, it's about lifestyle, it's about um, socializing, it's about being a host, it's about welcoming people. It—it it, From day one in my family, um, entertaining. My wife and I love to cook, my sons love to cook. We bring their friends, they, they, my sons bring their friends over, we bring friends over a lot. And that's hospitality, it's being a host, it's welcoming people into your home, into your lifestyle um, in a social, the social dynamic obviously of a hotel is that sort of on steroids. It, it, it allows us to um, um, create environments and design beautiful things, but it really has to do with the dynamic of the social, getting a hotel to really work so that everybody is engaged, they feel welcome, they feel warm, um, that's what I love about hospitality, it's, it's amazing, right? Adam?
3: Well, what I love about hospitality is it's probably one of the very few uh, consumer products that you pay before you use it. <laughs> and you cannot return it either. Um, and as such, uh, it, it, it puts every consumer in, in a certain degree of vulnerability. I mean, in America, people return food if they don't like it. You know, because they return clothes if they don't like it, because they're used to voicing their their voice for something that they don't like, which is very unusual for the rest of the world. I mean, I know anyone of you who traveled knows that most people just accept what they are given. For me, uh, the charm of hospitality is that uh, we are, setting the stage for an experience that you have to pay for before you experience it. And psychologically, it's a very complicated thing to do. Right? Therefore, we are de facto magicians.
1: <laughs> this is entirely true. We, we, um, we imagine the end product before we start it. Um, we imagine how each space flows one into the other. We 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 think about how people are going. Their mood changes the minute they set step, set foot into the spaces we design, and how how that's going to uplift their experience. Pretty much all the time, that's what it's all about, right? Well, correct. And, and we want them to pay a lot. We want. I mean, <laughs> that,
3: that was the third point. It was coming. I mean, you know, we're in business because we get paid a lot of money. Mm-hmm. True.
1: We get paid a lot of money? I don't know about
3: that, but (laughs) Adam and Alexander. I I know all of their clients believe. I'm (laughs) trying. We but, we have in the past competed on some projects, and, no. uh, and I know exactly. How it, <laughs> really? I did, I did notice I exactly when doing the bios there was a lot of overlap. There was know, a lot of overlap in the bios. I bio said we're going
2: to have some fun,
3: Oh my goodness,
1: this is getting no, the, out of hand. No,
3: the point the point is, is very simple. We we have uh, all of us and everybody else that is in this business are in the hospitality business. There are people that care about making other people feel good look good, uh, sleep well, be able to read a book in a hotel.
2: Exactly, um, it's, it's like setting a dining table also. It's, it's understanding your guests. It's so important to understand who your customer, who your guest is, and what city you are, your resort hotel, an urban hotel, and, and understanding then where somebody should sit, who should sit next to who. Um, it's really arranging and choreographing a very special social condition and that we are magicians in many ways, or try to be. These guys are, for sure.
3: And and, you know, and and one of the panels that Alexandra and I had had the pleasure to be on together, we were asked about, you know, what's the difference between designing a dining room for uh, somebody at home and designing a restaurant? And... uh, Alexandra, who's extremely eloquent, you know, explained exactly the differences. And for me, it was much simpler. He says, instead of one wife, I have a thousand wives.
1: No, no, this one didn't go down very well. I wouldn't repeat it <laughs> if I were you.
0: That actually brings me to—we uh, could talk about how you met, <laughs> which slightly diverting Je- from the Jeffrey, wife uh, conversation. But when you speak about miracles uh, and miracles in design. Uh, Sometimes, Sky, there's a little bit of what you do being, is described as being a concierge right. in all sorts of ways. What is the greatest sort of miracle you've ever pulled off professionally or, or that luxury attaché that do you believe gun. has been pulled off in a, in, uh, let's say, in a hotel environment sure. or, or?
4: So first of all, I have to say that it really is these beautiful designs that make our team kind of really successful. Um, It really is important to have the design laid out so appropriately that the staff that we hire really needs to bring those... those designs to life and create a sense of magic I like to say because everyone now is looking for experiences they're not looking just for the tickets to Hamilton they want to meet the cast and have dinner before and after and go into the dressing room and meet the costume designer so for us it's creating experiences like that that are memorable um, I could go on there's long lists of we we've tend to make the ordinary kind of extraordinary, and that's really our philosophy. We never are just getting a restaurant reservation for any of our clients. We want to make sure that the chef is coming out and greeting that client and welcoming them to their restaurant and making them feel and special. And are
0: there specific hotels that you, that you guys have studied in terms of like, these guys know what they're doing in terms of?
2: Uh, well, hotels.
4: Service. So, hotels for us are a, a little different beast because it's so transient. And you know, we've worked in a couple of different hotels. We like the philosophy of executive assistant, someone who really is woven into the fabric of that uh, property or uh, individual's life, and they get to know exactly what that person is interested in. So they're not making generic recommendations. Uh, so we've studied, you know, the Marriotts and all of those different hotels. But really, it's about uh, exquisite taste and and not making just generic uh, recommendations.
0: And Alexander, speaking of miracles, is there or magic tricks? I guess uh, in in a hotel or in a spa, is there any sort of particular execution of design that you've done in a recent project where you were like, that is your sort of magic trick? Some sort of design element that?
1: I I think I think so magic? actually. I'm good at. You know, we've, we've, we can all assume that you'll between all of us here, you're going to enter into a beautiful hotel that's very well designed. So what makes it special? And um, I'm going to refer back to the Hotel Bel Air, which is one of my favorite projects um, that I've actually done. And it's an iconic property, as you probably all know. But when we designed it, our design had to be very subtle and not loud, and not imposing, it was discreet, it underpinned the magic of the actual property. The property itself, it's about light, sense, it's in a garden, it's all about a garden, a journey through beautiful pathways, so it's, it's light, the, the color of the light, the privacy of every space in which you go to is not only a hotel room, it's the It's the access to it, the the journey from point A to point B. So that's a very important moment in that property. Um, And again, the sense of creating the underpinnings to an amazing experience without it being overwhelming. That's something I like to do very much. And I like to let the property speak for itself. it's, that's a magic that is, I think, not necessarily obvious to anyone, but I can guarantee you feel it. And it's a combination of both the property itself and the work that I like to do, which is very sort of subliminal and underpinning of the whole experience.
2: Well, I guess I would have to, unless you're, sorry. No, go ahead, I was gonna ask sort you. Sort of, The opposite to that was my experience with the Fontainebleau in Miami. Um, This was an iconic hotel, as we all know, designed by Morris Lapidus in 1954. And In the lobby, which was sort of the center of the hotel, he created a Japanese tea garden in the lower level of the lobby. It was a lovely uh, moment at the time. Mm but in redesigning the hotel and reinventing the hotel, if you will, or bringing it back in 2006, I forget when we did it, but um, I proposed it as a landmark, of course, the interior, I had to make a lot of presentations to the city of Miami and the uh, landmarks folks and all of that. Um, But I suggested that we put in instead of a tea garden, a bar, he had a blue carpet. I wanted a glowing glass blue floor and it was received fine, it was received well. It, uh, it was uh, an interpretation perhaps in 2000 what Morris might have done 50 years later. It's a beautiful
1: but, job that you did too. Thank you. No, it really is. I love going there and it's full of... My energy. point
2: is that it became, it's the epicenter of the hotel. It is the social dynamic. It is incredibly lively. The lobby is what I love about the magic of that hotel. Mm-hmm. It's a real grand hotel. In the. Essence of that: people watching, coming and going, checking in. It's transient. Your, it's that, transient. That hotel right. is
1: transient. Right. It's Thanks. not about so. repose, is it? Sorry. It's not about repose. No,
2: it's the opposite yeah. of that. Which I just,
1: it's interesting
3: to. It's just a you,
1: discussion. Yeah. No, it's good.
3: <laughs> okay, may I add <laughs> <laughs> um, These two lovebirds. Thought the <laughs> other. <day. laughs> Now, I, I, I have- Just our
1: attention to him. Yes. No, yes. you don't
3: have to pay attention to him. Um, I, I have one additional layer of madness above these two. Um, I owned restaurants myself. So not just designed them. And I have to tell you something, there's no magic in any of this. It's all about one thing and one thing only. And I'm being a very practical person, it's something called control. Our job, if we can, is to control how people consume our environment. We wanted, Alexandra very eloquently talked about the Bel Air, your process of getting to, the, to your room. Uh, the way the walkways are lit. The way uh, we walk into the fountain blue and our eye gets yeah. to point. The, the, our job is to create a pre-course for you to consume what we're trying to feed you. Now, at times we are successful, but you know, design is um, at best a three dimensional piece of real estate. It's not a human being. There is always a human factor that can screw everything up. (laughs) Imagine you walk into the most beautiful restaurant for Valentine's day with your loved one. It's spectacular. Flowers in the entrance, the Metro d' is gorgeous, they take you to your table, open the menu, the food is exactly what you wanted to order, the lighting is perfect, you know, the little chocolates come. You're having the experience of your life and at a certain point, the couple sitting next to you is having a fight. (laughs) I can guarantee you, you leave this place and in the back of your memory, you had a bad experience. No matter how much I tried to control it with the flowers and the lighting, the maitre d' tried to control it, the chef controlled it, but you still had a bad experience. So to me, uh, the magic is the control and to make sure that nobody puts a bad couple next to you, ever. Sky, exactly.
1: Can you not just get rid of them?
4: No, totally. So
1: <laughs> no misbehaving.
0: Is it, do you think it's possible to take an element of this control and bring it into a home environment? Like if sometimes, you know, sometimes when, when I'm reviewing or my editor-in-chief is reviewing, you know, submissions of new projects that are residential, right. sometimes we'll be like, ah, it kind of looks like a hotel. And we don't, we don't, we don't like that necessarily in, in, in a home, but is there an element of... Can you truly take these lessons from a hotel and bring it into the home? Uh, and what is a good thing to bring into and what is a bad thing to bring into it?
4: I think that's a really good point and that's why we, you, our company has just designed this business model where we're placing these high level kind of executive assistants on property to take control and really be the spokesperson of the community aspect of the building. Organizing everything from uh, coordinating your move in, not having to deal with property management or the leasing office who's so focused on either selling or renting the property, they don't have any time to, to kind of take that extra effort and step to really care and build trust. So our team is really put in place as the face of uh, the sense of community and control to build that environment and to ensure that they're always being told yes, um, even through kind of difficult situations.
1: Um, I think there's an enormous crossover between, I, I mean, I've been doing, designing hotels for a long time and 30 years of, or more of doing hotel, designing hotels and many other things. Has, I've had a lot of experience both doing residential, uh, high-rise condominium residential, um, offices, restaurants, hotels, as well as product. Mm-hmm. There's an interface to everything because it really is, I can say that from residential homes, having done those for many years for a lot of people, I learned a lot about the way people, what they want, what we all need in a house and so on and so forth. And then going to a hotel, it's not about the look, I'm I'm, I'm describing it's a function. Mm -hmm. There are things in the hotel that are indisputably the best thing ever, which is the use of space um, because the space is at a premium. It costs a lot of money. It needs to be extremely well-designed and revenue producing. And also, you have, to, for instance, a closet. The closet in a hotel, if well-designed, is, is enviable. But where did I learn those skills? In residential. So it actually is a complete play. Um, and it's always about how people want like to live and how we can help them in that journey. And there are countless um, sort of examples of how there's an exchange of all of that. I,
2: I would totally agree with that, that the crossover goes both ways. It's a, it's a subject that's not new. But as Alexandra just said, I've learned also much from residential design. And um, the hotel guest really is looking for a home, a more personal experience than the um, hotels of perhaps 10 or 20 years ago. But um, I, I find that, that that desire is true, it's genuine, it's emotional. Um, and the reverse of that is, of course, from a residential standpoint in condominium development, which we are doing a number of them. One West End, for one, is, uh, has a tremendous amenity program. And um, I remember the first apartment my wife and I bought um, in the Park Vendome on West 57th Street back in the 80s but it was a, a, a building that had a lot of amenity spaces. There was a billiards room, there was a library, there was a, a, a dining room yeah. that you could, if you had a one bedroom apartment, which we did, and we loved to entertain, I could invite eight or nine, 10 friends, and we could cater this in the amenity space in the, in the building, and it was a wonderful, wonderful thing. So I think that aspect of hospitality Um, is is really important to bring into the residential world and and will not go away, I don't think.
3: Uh, I have to keep my reputation as a contrarian, so I will. Um, I think what what, uh, I see quite often is uh, the the restaurants and hotels are being uh, viewed as inspiration for people when they're doing their home. Uh, And why is that? I mean, first of all, they are the meeting places of choice. They are safe, they are available, they are open, you can go see them. Uh, The restaurateurs and the hoteliers always looking for the next big thing. They commission designers to come up with brand new ideas. Now there is hotel for every type of person every type of mood. I mean, with the birth of uh, boutique hotels and the, the Schrager's of, everybody has a hotel that can suit your own personality, which you can easily walk in, visit, have a drink at the bar, take a room. So there is so much design available for people to get inspiration from in the hospitality business, far more than in the residential business. I mean, how many people will open their homes to you to show you what they look like. But you can walk into any hotel or any restaurant and great, fantastic ideas. So we, I think, create a lot of uh, material for inspiration that people later on use in different ways in their home.
0: One of my questions was in the past, I would say in the past decade or so, a little bit less since the financial crisis, what, is, what has changed in terms of the, the hospitality industry? What, what are clients coming to you asking for that they didn't ask for uh, before 2007, let's say? Uh, alone?
2: Okay. loan?
1: <laughs> I, I think it's always a sense of place. To me, we're designing more and more, um, every. I mean, one always should, in my opinion, completely respect the place in which a hotel any venue is. I mean, it, it, the, the, the Upper West Side is different from Soho. Is different. Now, of course, you can have exactly the same restaurant, but no, there's a certain ambiance downtown, different from uptown. You know, there's. So I think that with hotels, it's the same thing, and more and more and more so, um, because personally, I think the era of when everything is the same, and we've done boutique hotels meaning that they're not all the same, but they're very much a genre. There's loud music, there's kind of cool stuff going on da 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 da. There's a moment where you say, okay, I'm done with that. I'm exhausted. I can't do what we, you know, so you're seeking something that's meaningful. But I'm not saying you can't completely get that in a boutique hotel. A boutique hotel could be in a place with a town, a city with enormous charm. And the word charm is a word that I like to use um, in a very modern way. I think charm is essential. It's what you were looking at before when you're, when you're looking at images to put in your magazine that feel residential. You want that, that, that emotion that is touching, that is not, a, but certainly not a pastiche, it has to be real. But I like, I think more and more so, people, owners, developers are asking, come to my firm to talk to us and hire us to make sure that we represent the place where it's all happening, and bring out the DNA and make it a fabulous experience. And I think we're very good at that, actually.
2: So. I, I agree with that entirely. It's 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 um it it it's very much about being genuine, I think, and and emotional. I, I, Is that I think the it, sort of authentic? It's authentic. Uh, uh, I, I, for lack of a better guess and buzzword, every. We are so well-traveled. We are so much more well-traveled. I I find that hotel guests know so much more. They're um, not only knowledgeable, but desirous of an authentic, genuine experience. And the more I think our job is to deliver that, more and more and more and more as
0: we go. And Adam, does that make it more difficult nowadays? Is it more difficult because of all this personality, and, or is it, is it the same, is it?
3: I mean, I don't really think so. I think uh, no, I what agree. you see here is three psychologists, actually, not yeah. designers. I mean, we start with analyzing you know, uh, the problem. I mean, uh, Alessandra spoke about something that we call site-specific, the fact that you, know, you travel because you want to go places. You don't travel because you want to be in the same place in a different city. Um, they used to, uh, you know, hotels used to be home away from home.
1: What does Forget that mean? it.
3: Forget, you, we can't compete with homes. Impossible. Because in, in the home, you have something that we cannot provide as designers it's your family, it's your memories. It's your objects, it's your things. This is something we can never provide. And the, but we can provide something that your wife or husband will never make you have, do at home. We can provide surprises, some interesting ways of using materials, some new ways of you know, putting the bathtub on the ceiling or whatever, that's next. I'm, I'm revealing my next project, I'm so sorry. <laughs>
1: Usually dangerous stuff.
3: No, but uh, we we, are, mir- we are we are we analyze uh, locations. We analyze the the type of clientele that comes there. We talk about the DNA of the hotel a management brand. We the, the look of the building, the feel of the space, and we throw it all in a blender and come up with something that we believe is appropriate, that people will react to, that we love, that will come back, but. You know, at the end of the day, really, and I repeat this again with all my heart, we can be 99% perfect, but if the human factor does not follow suit, if the guy that takes your luggage rubs you wrong, if the receptionist looks at you crossways, if the concierge doesn't get you the reservation for the Super Bowl at the cheese cheese (laughs) factory, whatever. Cheesecake factory. There's so there's so many variables that, that can get can disturb that controlled balance that we are working so hard on doing. So if any one of you is in the other side of the hospitality business, please be gentle. Make sure that our designs are handled with care. <laughs> <laughs> right? Sky what Sky, what is
0: how has things changed since you know i'm not sure how long legerantache lo- has been 12 years 12 yeah. years so yeah. you know okay and in the past 7 or so years how's it How has your business changed?
4: Sure. I think everyone's looking for added value, of of course. And with technology and devices, they're comparing what they see on a flash sale or, you know, on Guilt City and all these discount um, offerings. So for us, it's really being genuine to the experience, as these uh, brilliant designers are talking about, and and adding uh, value that's not monetarily something that's given back to them, but an experience that they could never recreate on their own. And we hear that- all. Service, the service, the time. Service. It's service. all about service, Yeah, yes.
0: And I want to move actually to, before we run out of time, move to questions from the audience.
2: Absolutely, yes and yes and yes. Yes, it, it, it. yes and yes and yes. I, I, I call them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure about meditating or zen, but I- but And I, I don't we, know that I have three
1: days anywhere. We do spend, you?
2: no, don't okay. have three days, but we spend- you have images of the space? Do you draw? How do you- You have to spend time. Your ideas in
1: your head of the space- We're designers. Oh. We're,
3: oh, designers. we're designers. That's what happens. Yeah. This no, is what you, we you, do. You have a, the designers have this really bizarre quality. You walk into a room, and the room sort of speaks to you. The green room? <laughs> <laughs> the green room. <laughs> <laughs> speaks, Which Adam it says it, was it not green. It basically tells you what, it, what you need to do to make it work. Or
2: right? a neighborhood, or a city, right. or, or I mean it, it, where it, you we, are. We
3: have noises in our head. Right. As designer,
2: Constantly. Immediately. In our sleep.
1: Just, immediately. Come within minutes, days, seconds. Mostly minutes and seconds. Mostly minutes and sec- seconds.
2: And what so our clients want seconds.
3: <laughs> no, you can't tell minutes the clients it takes seconds because then they say, why am I paying That's right.
0: all the money? <laughs> <laughs> days, days, That's days. Let's, let's move on to one more question before we...
1: You never give away a story. Oh, sorry.
2: Wednesday. <laughs> when Sky doesn't allow the fighting couple.
3: It's a very good answer, a good question with a bad answer. Um, we are in New York City. Real estate is at a huge premium. Uh, the clients demand as many seats as possible because they can't make money. There's unions, there's dishwasher. You have no idea what goes behind this, but the crowding and the overcrowding has a lot to do with the cost of real estate and with having to make a living. Secondly, it also has to do with the simple fact that Americans are loud. <laughs> they are. And and especially big parties. The moment the table gets bigger and bigger and the, the distances between people get bigger and bigger, they shout. Uh, it's, it's, you know. But they're, but they're right. They're acoustical engineers. Acoustics is a science, is not art. You can do certain things, but at the same time, believe me, there's a lot of restaurateurs that like noisy places. Absolutely. There's, because there's it means to... conviviality. It means the worst thing for a restaurant the restaurateur is a quiet restaurant. It means it doesn't have clients. Not necessarily at all. Statistically more expensive, I would take that in advisement.
4: And I will have to add that a lot of us as a society like to go to the places we can't get into. So I know we're not just talking about <laughs> noise, but in, for us, it's always, you know, it's, it, for our concierge and our team, we're always asking, what is the reason you want to go? And most people don't even know why they want to go. They don't even know who no. designed it or no. what, you know, what the cuisine is. It's just the impossible reservation and I want to see yeah. you get it. Well, uh, or it, I it, want to go. So well, it's,
3: The truth is that, that people want to go because they don't want to be by themselves. in, oh, in that's in, true. It is like New York, where you live it in is, shoe boxes. That's true. You live and in shoeboxes, boxes. Economy. You can't entertain at home. You can't cook. You can't do anything. You want to go out, and, and you, see you want other to
2: people. be with other people who yes. are enjoying themselves. And yeah, other, there's of a, there's a mean, social dynamic that's exciting.
3: Do, do you remember when they said the DVR or the DVDs or whatever they came? Nobody will ever go more to cinemas. Everybody would watch at home. BS. We go to the movies to see how other people laugh at the same stupid joke. We go, we want to be with other people, you know. We want to be together. We don't want to be alone. That's why people go out. It's not, and yesterday, Jeffrey and I and our dear wives went to dinner in a restaurant, which was the birth of cool, I think. Something called, what? Dirty French. Dirty French. Dirty, Dirty in French. the Ludlow Hotel. the major Ludlow food. Hotel. My God. It's hard to get in, but. No, it was hard to get out. I got to (laughs) sit. And and as we sit down, the hostess, which is this like seven foot three Amazon with its skirt that starts here, says to us, oh, we have another party coming at 9.30, so you make sure you're finished. You know, I was finished at that moment.
2: (laughs) Two bottles of wine later, lots of dessert, lots of food. We didn't leave at 9.30. And the banquets were too low.
3: But. I left at 9.35, you know okay. no, but then, like, <laughs> what I'm saying. 9.45. Who needs this type of abuse when you pay those kinds of money? I mean, I don't know. It's crazy. But it was fun. It was energy. It was crazy. The people looked weird. They were running around. The food was...
2: Adam like a seven foot tall. Yeah, you know,
3: the food was okay. It was, but it was an experience, a complete, total experience. You know, so we had fun. No? Mm.
2: A lot paid. of fun.
0: <laughs> right, Mar- Right, Marnie? I did. <laughs> I think yeah. we have time for one more question, quick question.
1: There's a lady there with her hands up for a long time.
3: Lady there with her hands up for, for a long, long time.
1: time. Wait, you, sorry. That did lady I, there. Ma'am. That one has me stunned. Me
3: you, too. Actually, I, I don't know if you noticed, know but we're from another generation. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that,
2: that's that's a tough know, it's one. Like, it's a real it's tough like, one.
1: Can you Wait, can you can like, you rephrase that and say it in plain English?
2: It's hard to make it luxurious. <laughs>
3: We definitely, we are from another generation, seriously, you know, I I, I have, I don't think any one of us understood what you're talking about.
0: (laughs) I did. And you look genuine.
3: Wait a minute, I did. No, no, I'm talking about As an
0: editor, I'm going to like, I'm going to bring it down to a very simple, how has luxury changed?
3: Ah. That was the
1: question? Is that what that is?
0: (laughs) It is now, we only have five minutes left.
3: I love you. You talk for 10 that minutes and ask, how does luxury change? I yes. like you.
1: Who, who are you next going to learn from, for God's sake? I am going to
4: We're going to talk first. That's
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw you first.
3: OK, you see? You have three. So uh, three. Have s- really? how has luxury changed?
1: Really? How uh, has luxury changed? Do you want to answer that question? Alexandra. No. Why do I get the OK, I'll ones? talk. I don't
3: think luxury changed at all. I I think luxury is luxury. Uh, It gets refined and defined, but at the end of the day, it's always one thing, Mm? is that you want something that nobody else has. And quality, and well thought out. It's thoughtful. That's a good way of
0: of explaining luxury beyond... It's uh, many ways. I mean, it's something,
3: you you know, people say Louis Vuitton is not luxury because you can buy it in every cheap store in China. There are twenty-five stores, and but if you want the Hermes bag, you have to wait for two years. Suddenly, it's it's the same bag. I mean, you carry. It worries in me that
1: that you equate luxury with only things. Luxury is a way of life. You know, oh, we I all know. aspire I'm, to.
3: I'm, I'm talking about things because it's tangible. I mean, emotional luxury no, is very, very comfort. different.
1: No, it's comfort. Yeah, well, that's sometimes what I it's
3: comfort. To some that's people, what I it's,
2: it's also it's service. I, I, I mean, service. It's everything. It's what it. It, it really comes down to being thoughtful <laughs> and being genuine and paying attention. Yeah, but, well, but to me,
1: um, let me. Can I just say, okay, because they talk a lot. Anyway, so it is. Luxury is actually the unavailable, the, the what it is that others can't have right. necessarily. I personally look, now you probably all don't understand, maybe you will, hopefully you will understand what I'm going to say. Do you know how on every piece of fruit in America now, which we buy, it's been genetically adjusted for us in the first place, and then it's got a sticker on it? Mm. So to me, luxury is actually having fruit without a sticker.
3: Okay. I, think, I think you need Stuff to live in Japan. Things,
1: no, things, yes. that, things that are real, that are, that are again, things that, you know, we are setting this bar as though it's, our emotions are on the shelf, you know, and you get an Hermes bag, you're going to be happy. You're going to get, none of that works. So luxury to me is a way of life.
2: I agree with it's that, co- but there is co- a reason that a, an Hermes bag is because it's well-tailored, it's well-detailed, it's thoughtful. No, Someone, no, no but, but, it's no. a
1: status symbol. Guys,
3: I must agree with both of you.
1: But They're in the cupboard. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the truth is that luxury varies from place to place. From, I mean, New York City, I think the most luxurious thing is space. Space. Sure. In right. In Dubai, nobody gives a damn about space because they have it. So they go for the Hermes bag because they can't have it.
1: No, but so, 20 of them.
3: Well, yeah, well, <laughs> 21. No, but the, in, in every place, in, in, in every city, in every country, luxury gets interpreted in a different way. It's not a universal word that means every time the same thing. Precisely. Great, exactly.
0: Very true. Before we get yanked off by a cane, I'm going to ask everybody here, in one word, wow. what is, what, what, when you think of great hospitality, what is the one word you think of? sky
4: convenience and uh, nah, bah, 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 t- bah, 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 convenience
0: convenience <laughs> adam we're skipping adam alexandra
3: I'm we'll not come back anything. i'll be back
1: emotional and physical comfort <laughs>
2: comfort. Comfort. comfort comfort attentiveness adam. service
0: shabbat shalom <laughs> thank you <laughs>
3: Thank you for listening to this 92Y program. For more information, visit 92y.org. This program is copyright 2017 by the 92nd Street Young Men's and Young Women's Hebrew Association.